The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and (laughs) we've got a lot of music today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I was just here an hour ago with another show. We're back. It's Doubleheader Tuesdays. Delighted to be here. Uh, Let's get started. Our buzz today is social selling. If that makes you want to scratch your head or clean your glasses or move your earpiece around, you're thinking, what is that? I think I've heard about social. I think I heard about selling. How do they work together? Stick around. I have some experts who are going to explain it. Okay. Attention suppliers. Studies show that B2B buyers are between 57 and 70% of the way through the buying process before they even engage with your salespeople. That means they are having a learning party without you. Their prospects hungry for information, and guess what? They are digitally driven. They are socially connected. They are highly mobile, and they are empowered as modern buyers with unlimited access to all the information they want. They don't even really need you for most of that buying process. So here it's time for a reality check. If your sales team is not up to date on This term I opened with social selling and its critical role in your global brand strategy if they don't know how to master social channels like LinkedIn. Yes, it matters in business. To cut through that noise, listen up. We have a panel of experts who are going to explain it, dice it, and slice it, and come up with what we call the ABCs of social selling and how to build your global brand. Let me introduce my first guest today. It's Michael Idenopoulos. He's the Chief Marketing Officer of People Links. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-L-I-N-X, all one word. And here's an interesting quote from Michael. He said to me, Bonnie, in three years, sales reps who are not active on social media today will be, wait for it, wait for it, out of work. OMG. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm terrific, Bonnie. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. Thank you very much. Talk to me. So, uh, is this a caveat? Is this across the board? If they're not, and what kind of social media are we talking about, Michael? LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, where do they need to be? Let's get started. Great question. Um, so, to answer the second part of it first, I think it's a little bit all of the above. It really depends on where their customers are. So what you said in your intro is exactly right. The world of buying has changed in fundamental ways. Buyers don't want to talk to sales reps anymore. They want to get their information online. In many cases, the research is showing they even want to complete orders online. And we all know that from our consumer lives, as uh, tools like Amazon have completely transformed the way we buy uh, everything from books to home appliances to sporting goods or whatever it is. What we're seeing now is that B2B 
business-to-business buying is following that very same path. And the challenge that that creates is for the B2B salesperson who is trying to stay relevant in a world where more and more the information that buyers are getting is coming from online. And that's really the link into social media. So if I'm a sales rep and I want to still matter in a world where my customers are getting their information online, I have to be online as well. I have to be establishing myself as somebody who can add value to the buying process. Adding value means being credible, being an expert, being trustworthy, knowing what I'm talking about, and then providing insights to buyers to help them navigate complex decision-making processes. That's where sales reps are going to continue to be valuable and important and relevant. But you can only be part of that game if you're getting online, if you're getting in front of your buyers with your digital presence and having that digital presence be something that's valuable and that positions you as somebody who can add value to the process. Thank you, Michael. It sounds to me like they're walking a fine line. They might have scoffed at, fluffed their nose at, or turned their back on social. Oh, well, that's for kids. That's for people with resumes looking for jobs. Why do I need to be there? But you're saying they have to be there, survive and thrive or die, basically. So it sounds to me like there's a learning curve, there's an acceptance curve, and then there's a skill curve to know how to do it well. Did I peg that pretty well, Michael? That's exactly right. So... The, the way that people are using social media has changed a lot. Even just within the last one to two years, it's changed a lot. I mean, LinkedIn used to be seen primarily as a tool to find a new job. And that has completely turned where more and more people are using LinkedIn just as a way to get information um, and to present information about products, about services, about offerings. Um, it's really changed. And people don't know how to use it. I mean, we, we commissioned a... Um, a study recently and learned that only 24% of B2B sales reps feel they know how to use uh, social media effectively as part of the sales process. 24%, that's a really low number when you consider how central it's become to selling. Very interesting. Thank you. We have a lot to hear, a lot more to hear from you during the show. Thank you, Michael. Let's turn to my second guest. Well, she's been on before. We know her well. It's Jill Rowley at JillRowley.com. And here's a provocative quote. I would expect nothing less from Jill Rowley. There's only one Jill Rowley. And here's the quote. Listen up, people. These are Jill's words, not mine. If you suck offline, you'll suck more online. You are what you eat and you are what you tweet. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm eating the wrong cereal. Jill Rowley, welcome. How are you today? I am great. I had Lucky Charms for breakfast to celebrate St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I forgot to greet everyone with Happy St. Patty's Day. I did the same on my show an hour ago, and one of my guests reminded me. But I do, Jill. I am using some green highlighter on my notes here, so I feel very Irish today. So, Jill... This is a provocative quote. You're just standing there. I can see you just wagging your finger. If you suck offline, you're going to suck more online. What are we talking about? Let's explain it in the B2B context. Sure. And I often close it with hashtag don't suck. Um, so it, it really is a, a, a follow-on to what Michael was saying, right? So your buyers are online. They're digitally driven. They're socially connected. They're, they're learning and, and networking via the social web. And you have to be where your buyers are. You have to be where your buyers are offline at events. You have to be where they are online in social networks. And you have to be there, hashtag, all the time. And the reality is that, you know, it, it used to be that your brand, your personal brand, was really developed via what you did 
offline, the clothes you wore, the car you drove, the country clubs you were a member of, etc. And the reality is that people are meeting you for the first time online more than they are offline. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You have to be your authentic self, offline, online, hashtag all the time. And so what I talk about, you suck offline, you're going to suck more online, is if who you really are, your skills, your values, your passions, your personality um, are not um, good, then putting that skills, values, passions, personality on the web you, mm-hmm. you have to be authentic of who you are offline. So just because you can hide behind www.whatever.com doesn't mean you can be inauthentic. And so personal branding starts offline, and it really is who you are, who you want to serve. So who's your target mo- market? Who's your audience? And then how you're different. What makes you unique? And you have to do that exercise and it's not, def- it isn't, you really have to figure out, you have to ask yourself these questions, who you are, who you want to serve, how you're different, ask those questions, and then, and then demonstrate that online. This is not modern trickery, this is not, mm-hmm. um, you know, be who you really aren't because that's what's attractive to other people. Um, we really have to live authentically because you really can't fake your way to a successful personal brand in particular because you are what you tweet and you are what you publish via the web. And the reality is because buyers are online, um, sales professionals need to use these social networks, networks, mm-hmm. not media, networks. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk more about that later, about the difference between media and networks. But reps need to use and, and sales leaders need to be using these networks to be more visible and more relevant to the modern buyer. Thank you, Jill. I have a question I'm going to pose to you that I wanted to ask Michael, and and this will come up, I believe, uh, I would like it to come up during the conversation, but let me just get it off out of the way. Question is, are the younger generation, is the younger generation, the Gen Ys, the millennials, the ones who are really online savvy, they understand media, they know how to tweet, they know how to navigate LinkedIn, it's not a new language and a new world for them, they're already brave and they're out there. Are they going to make the better salespeople in this new world of social selling? Just a quick yes or no and then we'll cover it more later. What do you see, Jill? I don't think because they're digitally savvy and digital natives, I don't think that will make them better salespeople. Ah, interesting. Provocative as always. We will cover that later. Thank you, Jill Rowley. And let me round out the panel right now with our third guest. He is Phil Lurie, Senior Director, SAP Global Customer Operations Tools and Technologies. And here's an interesting quote from Phil. He says, social selling enables businesses to reach new markets in ways that best suit the 21st century consumer. Welcome, Phil. How are you today? I'm great. And I love listening to my fellow panelists because uh, uh, they're they're saying what I what I say to my folks all the time. Uh, okay, uh, you know, cold calling is pretty much dead. And uh, as mentioned before, I mean, I don't know how many uh, robocalls I got yesterday, but it's probably about half a dozen, and I'm sure everybody else does. And uh, trying to reach customers uh, or potential customers by phoning them or now even emailing them isn't going to work. Uh, so uh, the, the 21st century consumer is looking to do, as Michael pointed out, do their own research, 
uh, or as actually you said in the beginning, do their own research and they come to you. And the, the trick really is not, uh, not just to, to reach out to them, but for them to be able to find you. And uh, by participating actively in social media, uh, you have an opportunity to present yourself your personal brand and your company's brand in the best possible light so that when the consumer's ready and they do their search, you show up. And that's the goal that we're trying to achieve. Uh, that uh, is, a, is a fundamental uh, change in the way the consumers uh, are, are working. But uh, one of the things that Jill said really struck a chord with me is that uh, the things that work in being a good salesperson in the 21st century are really the traditional things. The things that are new will probably be somewhat transitory. And what I mean by that is uh, sales are made person to person. And mm-hmm. the, the skills that you have to be good interpersonally and to be genuine really will carry through. And the new techniques of using social media, tweeting, blogging, and the things like that, they'll, they'll, those are just the newest iteration of that one-to-one human contact. And that's where sales are all made. It's always a person-to-person making that sale. And uh, the things that are old uh, are the ones that are still true here. Uh, it's just the newest iteration of, uh, of an older technology, uh, or newer technology for an older uh, philosophy, I should say. Interesting, Phil. Do you agree with uh, what Jill said about that it really isn't being a digital native? It's about that authenticity, which you mentioned. It's about being the real you, the best you, the you who's going to be helpful, not pushy, not pokey at the customer, but really giving them something that's of value information in a way they want to receive it. You agree with that? Absolutely. I think it's easier to teach the old dog new tricks, despite the old uh, paradigm. Uh, (laughs) It's easier to teach them how to use the new technologies uh, than it would be to teach someone who doesn't know anything about representing themselves uh, to be a salesperson. To, uh, the sales technique and, and the ability to relate to that person uh, on the other side of the phone or at the other side of the table is more important than knowing how to tweet. I think you can learn both, but uh, mm-hmm. the, I think, the, uh, as Jill said, uh, if you, uh, <laughs> I hope I don't suck, but uh, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're not a genuine person, uh, it's, it's going to come through. And, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to change your, like, your LinkedIn profile so that you're not a job hunter. You want to look like a professional. Yes. And I think that is a very important point. And we spend a lot of time and effort trying to get folks uh, to change their profiles to be uh, presenting themselves as experts in the field, not very as someone who's trying to sell to you. Yeah, very interesting. Don't be a seller. Be a professional. I like that a lot. Before I ask my panel, and you all know I'm going to ask you what's in your cup today because Business Innovation with Game Changers is part of our bigger umbrella show called Coffee Break with Game Changers. And right now, looking out the window, I'm in New York on the North Shore of Long Island. We need an umbrella again today. Boo-hoo. Anyway, I don't know what it's doing to the parade in Manhattan. However, I want to ask Jill Rowley and then Michael and Phil. We're talking today about the ABCs of social selling, but I also want to touch on the rest of the title of this topic, Build your global brand. Jill, can you just give us a quick overview on how social selling will help you build globally? Because we're still thinking of uh, not face-to-face, but socially authenticity, authentic, and I'm thinking person-to-person. So how do you build a brand globally through this social selling? Yeah, absolutely. In social selling, we'll we'll get into my pillars and principles of it. Mm -hmm. It, It does start, the first pillar practice principle of social selling and becoming a social seller is optimizing your uh, online presence for your buyer, not the recruiter. 
So putting it in the language that would benefit the uh, customer, the buyer of your product and services. In terms of the global brand, uh, everyone has their own personal professional brand. So if you think about not just your sales organization, but your entire employee base, let's say you have 300,000 employees, that's 300,000 people who have their own personal brand. Whether they do a good job demonstrating Mm -hmm. that via the social web is a whole other topic that we're talking about. And then it really is the collection of all of your employees that is actually impacting your global company brand. And every employee that you have has an impact on your global company brand. And so the idea is that companies want to invest in their people and help their people develop their personal brands Mm -hmm. that positively reflect and impact the global brand of the company. Thank makes you. Sense. Very well put. Yeah, makes sense. Very, very well put. So it's like building blocks, right, Jill? It's each person, uh, as, as Phil said, getting your profile going from selling to being a professional. So every cog in that wheel builds up to the global brand through the right way of social selling. Did I get that right, Jill? You did. And, and one thing to add, when you ask the question about the millennials and Gen Ys, because mm-hmm. they are digital native and will they be better salespeople, the, the, the actual, the more tenured and experienced folks in your organization, and not even just your sales professionals, but the deep subject matter experts who have domain expertise in maybe a vertical, maybe they're a retail expert or a hospitality expert, those people have knowledge, experience, um, and networks of, of valuable people that your customers can benefit from. And so they bring the business acumen, they bring the experience and the knowledge and the expertise. And so if we can find ways to help those non-digital natives leverage the power of the social web to demonstrate that value that they can offer to customers, that, that's, that's going to move the needle more than having all of your millennials be tweeting because they don't have the business context. Mm-hmm. They don't have the business acumen that the, the more experienced, tenured folks in your organization have. So it's complicated. Michael Idenopoulos, you want to just comment on what Jill added for the opening, and then we'll talk about what's in your cup today, Michael? Sure. I love what, what Jill said, and I would just add to it with a kind of a, an experiment for all of your listeners. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody's listening. If you don't, don't do it in the tab that you're in because you want to stay, stay on the radio show, but if you open up a separate tab and just go, run a Google search on your own name, I think you will be shocked at what comes up. It is, I just did it with myself, and I think eight out of the top ten results were social media results. They were from LinkedIn, they were from Twitter, they were from YouTube, they were from blogs. Increasingly, that is how you are being represented. And if you think about the way buyers are going to find out about you, I mean, let's suppose you call a buyer and you say, hey, you know, I'd like to, hey, Jane, buyer, I'd love to have a conversation with you about XYZ, whatever it is you do. The first thing that person's going to do is go on Google and see who is this person who wants to talk to me? And mm-hmm. that's what's going to come up. So ask yourself, when you do that little exercise, ask yourself, is this a powerful and compelling representation of who I am? And if I were on the other side of this computer, if I were the person who was considering taking a meeting with me, 
Would I look at those things and say, yeah, that's somebody I want to talk to because they can really help me? Or would I look at that and say, ooh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I should spend my time somewhere else. Michael, that's funny. I just Googled myself. I haven't done it in a while. Bonnie D, middle name D, period, Graham, and all seven images are me. Some of them are a long time ago that probably shouldn't be up there anymore. But I, I, I don't know if I'm impressed or you're impressed. There were 12 million results in .48 seconds, and I'm all over the place with radio shows, TV shows, Vimeo channels. It's just all over the place. Uh, past, present future lives is just a little daunting. But yes, I do have a digital presence. And Jill, to your point, I sure hope I don't suck online because I don't think I do in person. But you know what? We want to have a little coffee break fest here. So Michael Idenopoulos, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm really working hard at it, Michael. Michael, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking right this minute if it's interesting? And if not, what are you planning to drink after the show? Where are you? What time of day is it? A lot of questions. Go ahead, Michael. Bonnie, so first of all, you're pronouncing my name beautifully. Thank you. Oh, A plus. Well done. Um, <laughs> and as far as what's in my cup, well, usually this is coffee time for me. Um, however, I spent all day yesterday at the Sales 2.0 conference here in Philadelphia. It was a great event. Um, and uh, I was talking almost the entire time and with a coffee cup in my hand almost the entire time. So I got totally over-caffeinated. So I'm, I'm detoxing and, and, uh, and going caffeine-free today and in recognition of the holiday, I'm mm-hmm. happy to say that I'm drinking a cup of Irish breakfast tea. Oh, how appropriate. I was thinking maybe green beer with a green bagel, but Irish breakfast tea sounds perfectly per- – I can't th- stop thinking about green bagels. i got to go across the street and get one after the show. But I digress. Thank you very much, Michael, with the correctly pronounced last name. Jill Rowley, where are you? What are you drinking? Tell me something fascinating about Jill Rowley. Wow, where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I asked for it. <laughs> uh, so I am in San Francisco, and more interesting than actually what's in the cup is how I received the cup this morning. Um, and the cup, in fact, is a Twitter bird, which we're talking about social selling. So, of course, I, you are what you tweet. And, uh, and so I'm drinking out of my Twitter coffee mug. And, and my husband... He is an incredible man um, to put up with me for as long as he has. And uh, he is such a gentleman, and he loves to do nice things for me on a daily basis. And anytime he's in town and I'm in town, he brings me coffee in bed. And before the show started, he said, do you need another cup of coffee? And I said, I would love another cup. And so he brought me um, a refill of my coffee, and I just uh, adore my husband. He's a... He's a great man who takes really good care of me. Ah, that's a lovely story. Tell him I said hi. And you and I were teasing uh, when we had a prep call last week because I was teasing that you and Phil Lurie, your names rhyme, Phil and Jill, and you sent me a picture of your handsome husband and beautiful you, and you said, it's the real Jill and Phil story. Here we are. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Phil Lurie, you're, you're, second, you're second on her list. What can I tell you? And speaking of Phil Lurie, what are you drinking today, Phil? I won't ask you to top that one, but tell me. Yeah, that's going to be hard to top. And uh, I'm in uh, northern New Jersey, across the river uh, from New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm drinking coffee from my uh, brand new Mr. Coffee. And uh, the story of that is uh, uh, a sad tale, but true. Uh, my wife, who uh, suffers from MS, multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. had a had a tremor last week and uh, 
broke the carafe from our old Mr. Coffee. Uh, 30-year-old Mr. Coffee. It's part of my routine, you know, like everybody. I've mm. got my little habit. And uh, I did uh, what we all are talking about doing. Uh, I wanted to replace it because she felt terrible, and I just wanted to, you know, make it right immediately. So I went online and did all the research uh, as I could to find uh, uh, a replacement carafe. And uh, making this long story shorter, um, a new carafe was about $30, and a whole new Mr. Coffee was about $40. Yes, yes. Mr. Coffee ended up in the trash, and I got a brand new one. And it's got all these features and benefits that I never thought I needed or wanted, including a clock, a timer, you know, another thing to do when daylight savings time changes. Now I've got to change the coffee machine, too. But I've got a brand new one. Works beautifully. Wife doesn't uh, feel bad about the whole thing, and we move along. And the coffee, I got my my routine back. It's a little different, but, uh, you know, I got my chock full of nuts in the uh, machine, and that beats Starbucks for me any day, so... Moving right along. Well, that's a nice story. Please send your wife our regards. And maybe it was time for you to get a new coffee machine with all the bells and whistles, Phil. Come on, get with the program. If you're talking about social selling, we got to get somebody to sell you the latest and the greatest. And I think somebody just did. Yeah, replacement parts can be 90% of the cost of getting something new. I We used to call that, uh, I don't know who, Michael or Phil, you probably remember, we used to call that built-in obsolescence. And obvious. Planned obsolescence, and obviously the concept is not dead. So there. Thank you all. You've been working so hard. I'm going to give you a break, but just 90 seconds, so don't even think of going anywhere. We're speaking today with Michael Adenopoulos, Chief Marketing Officer at People Links, Jill Rowley at joerowley.com. That's R-O-W-L-E-Y.com. And Phil Lurie, Senior Director of SAP Global Customer Operations Tools and Technologies. And we're talking today about ABCs of social selling and building your global brand. If you can only stick with us for these 27 minutes, Boy, this was a long opening segment. You've already learned a lot, but I promise you, you're going to learn a lot more in the second half. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with the roundtable. Don't miss it. Bonnie D. Graham here on Business Innovation with Game Changers Radio. We'll be right back. My Michael at Voice America Radio. Out. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Business has never been more complex than in today's networked economy. To thrive, companies must adapt and innovate. They must harness the wealth of information now available to enable smarter decision-making. They must enable effective collaboration among employees and with their customers and suppliers. They must optimally deploy enterprise resources, and they must make this simple. Join our experts as they discuss how your business leaders can drive innovation that positions your company for continued success. Business Innovation with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show using Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Business Innovation with Game Changers. Game Changers. 
We certainly are talking about business innovation, and I certainly do have a panel of game changers. I'm speaking today with Michael Idenopoulos. It just rolls off the tongue after a while, Michael. Joe Rowley and Phil Lurie. I have to do a shout-out to the sponsor of this recently newcomer series to SAP. It's Jeannie Trin. She is tweeting. Jeannie, keep those tweets coming. And I even put out there, Jill and Michael, I, I put out there, Google your own name to see if you are who you need to be online. I thought that was a good message to all of my thousands of followers. Let's see if people take the hint. So let's start our roundtable, Michael. We're going to kick it off with you, and let's start with one of your provocative notes. You say... Social selling is a lot harder to implement than social marketing. For social marketing, you need competent social marketers. For social selling, you need to change the day-to-day behavior of your sales team. And that kind of change management is the real challenge. A lot to chew on there. Michael, you want to explain to us, please? Sure. Well, let me talk a little bit about the difference between social marketing and social selling. Social marketing is when a brand uses social media tools. So this is your brand's corporate Twitter handle, your brand's page on LinkedIn, your brand's page on Facebook, and anything that happens from that brand. So tweets that go out under the brand name, advertising that the brand sponsors, etc. That's where most companies have really been most active in terms of what they're doing on social media. It's all brand-level communications. But the real power of social media I think, and I think the research bears this out, is in the authentic connections that individuals make, in particular, authentic connections between buyers, sellers, and other stakeholders. Now, in order for that to take place, you can't just have a social media marketing team that's using the corporate Twitter handle. You have to have individual reps going online, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever the the specific network is, and using those tools to have real conversations with their stakeholders, with people who know them, with people who are in their network. And that means you have to change rep behavior. Because mm-hmm. in order to do that, you, know, you can't just hire a social media team to go off and do it. The reps themselves have to be online. And as Jill said before, they have to be authentic. And that's a real change to the day-to-day selling process because most reps – don't go into the work thing. Don't go into the office thinking, "What am I going to tweet today? Who am I going to connect to? What am I going to say online?" It's a new mm-hmm. set of behaviors. Very well put, Jill Rowley. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I I think that social media versus social networks. The way that I describe it, and when I talk to the sales audience, I don't talk in the language of likes, fans, followers, tweets, retweets shares, mentions, Mm -hmm. that's not really relevant in the sales world. The rubber meets the road with revenue in sales. And so I talk the language of sales. And by the way, I was a sales professional for 52 quarters. I carried a bag. I was on quota as an individual quota carrying sales rep for 52 quarters who Mm. leveraged the power of social networks to grow my pipeline, to drive revenue, to improve customer renewal rates, to improve customer advocacy and referrals. So I've used all of these techniques. Um, It's a mindset, it's a skill set, and it's an enabling toolkit. And media is confusing, chaotic, crowded, noisy. It's the wild, wild west of the World Wide Web. It's unfiltered, it's noisy. Networks, social networks like LinkedIn layer on two primary things identity, who mm-hmm. someone is, who Phil Lurie is, what his skills are, what his experience is, where he went to university, where he's worked, 
And then not only identity, but relationships. To whom mm-hmm. is he connected? Who is in his sphere of influence circle of trust? And one thing I'll also mention, I was at a dinner last night talking about the correlation between social selling and customer success. And I did some research on the folks who would be in at that dinner. And I will tell you, I found out a lot about the people in the room before we got in the room. And that allowed me to focus my efforts offline on the folks who I really wanted to get to know better. And one of the people, he had 31 recommendations on his LinkedIn profile. 31 people wrote him recommendations about his skills, his, his personality, his value system. And, and I, that was the guy in all of the room of 20-plus people. That was mm-hmm. the guy I wanted to get to know because I was able to see who he was via visiting his network, his LinkedIn network. I understood his identity, and I understood to whom he was connected, and that, that helped me understand that that was someone I really wanted to make sure I spent time with. Very interesting, Jill. Quick question before I bring Phil Lurie into this part of the conversation. What about people just starting out? What about younger generation newbies coming into the workforce? They don't have a lot of contacts or connections. All they can tell you is perhaps their first job or their second job or a summer internship and what their passions and goals are. But they haven't built that humongous network that will let you have a bird's eye view into their world and whether you want to be part of that. What do you say to them in in terms of ramping up? Do they do it quickly? Do they do it organically? What's your advice? to them, Jill? Well, it's ABC. The title of the, the, the program is ABC, which is always be connecting. Your mm-hmm. network is your net worth. So ABC, always be connecting. And, and they actually do have big networks. They, you know, if they went to university, they have a lot of uh, professors. They have a lot of colleagues. I do a search on, and this is how I actually got connected to Jonathan Becker, the CMO, now Chief Digital Officer of SAP. I did a search on LinkedIn for my University of Virginia, Wahoo Wah UVA alumni, and of the 110,000 UVA alumni on LinkedIn, I narrow it down to people who are in uh, sales and marketing leadership positions. I narrow it down to people who are in the Bay Area. I narrow it down to um, large enterprise and mid-sized companies in high tech because those are all of my audience and target market. And then all of a sudden I find, you know, 420 UVA alumni and lo and behold, Jonathan Becker, CMO, Chief Digital Officer, SAP is on that list. And I use that commonality, that common UVA connection to connect with him. So they actually have bigger networks than they, than they, than they know. They just don't know how to you know, build it. And that's, that's what I'm trying to teach people. <laughs> Very interesting. I've just tweeted your ABC definition. Thank you. Phil Lurie, now it's your turn. What do you think about what we're talking about here? Well, a couple of points that I thought were really interesting, and I, I agree with uh, both Michael and Jill uh, on most points. Um, we find that, uh, and I, I found that actually, that marketing and sales uh, really need to work together in social selling to make it successful. Uh, the, traditionally, they've had different goals and, and different responsibilities to build that sales pipeline in different ways. But uh, there's so much overlap with that uh, that's happening today in, in social selling that techniques that were basic to doing good marketing are really important, as Jill pointed out, to, to being a good salesperson and uh, vice versa. 
uh, you know, identifying leads and, and that narrowing it down and getting into personalities, uh, that's really not the bailiwick of marketing, and now it has to be. So we're, we're finding at SAP that that collaboration uh, opened up the doors for a lot of things, and uh, it really comes to uh, fruition, to a solid uh, issue, when we start looking at all the tools in the marketplace uh, that support you in trying to get you into social selling, social networking. Uh, there's a whole area of, uh, uh, of collaboration tools from uh, what they call social advocacy to uh, social, uh, uh, social listening. And uh, those kinds of tools uh, kind of all do the different kind of things. And it's the Wild West out there. And I found that collaborating with my marketing uh, team, uh, I'm in the sales uh, part of the house, Mm -hmm. uh, when we work together, we kind of figure out what the other folks are doing and figure out the tools that would sort of span them, uh, you know, span both requirements. And uh, you get the best of breed. And uh, it's, it's a difficult uh, way to navigate, and it's nice to have someone uh, going down the road with you. Definitely a is. Point, a mm-hmm. second point. Uh, this, this is, this, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, this is, this is Michael, just to jump in and, um, and second what Phil is saying. Um, you know, the, so much of the power of, uh, of social selling lies in the individual rep's ability to share insights. Uh, and to get those insights I- into the, um, in front of the right people. Um, expecting sales reps to generate their own s- insights is probably not realistic in most cases. Uh, the studies I've seen suggest that less than 20% of sales reps are capable of coming up with their own insights. However, this is an area where if marketing can help provide those insights to the sales reps and make it easy for the reps to, um, uh, to publish them online, the reps are very happy to do that, and it really furthers the sales cycle. So it's another example of the, the critical role of sales and marketing alignment, um, Phil, that you were just talking about. Great. Thank Michael. you, Michael. Uh, yeah. Go and, ahead, uh, Phil. I would add that uh, in, in, in to, to talk about one of the things that Jill mentioned uh, about building your network, you know, your network is not just the people that you know. It's the people that they know as well. So uh, your second and third level uh, spheres or, or, or circles, I think uh, Google calls it, uh, Google Plus, uh, those are people that you can reach out to. The other element in building your network is listening, is the social listening. And I go back to what I said before. That's a traditional thing. Listen before you speak. You have two ears and one mouth, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you start listening, you'll find people that you want to reach out to and people that uh, might be interested in you. So we, we give uh, our people uh, guidance in how to re- listen to different social media and to respond and be a participant, once again, building up your own expertise and reputation. And you'll find that, uh, that you know, especially with the, the younger folks coming in onto the team, uh, that uh, they adapt to that very quickly. They know how to listen, and uh, they build networks pretty quickly. So um, these other tools are meant to help you uh, do that. That's what the whole idea of uh, advocacy and and, uh, uh, listening tools are meant to do. And uh, we're finding that they're effective. We're looking at uh, exploring that. So this is is a changing environment. And one of the things I would also point out is that uh, people who have been selling in traditional means, uh, methods, I mean, have been very successful over the past, Uh, they're very hesitant to uh, stop doing what they're doing and move on to the new world. And uh, they've got to be convinced. So we're doing a lot of things to look at how we measure success and uh, how we uh, determine, you know, what is the right course. Because you really don't want to abandon things that are working to try mm-hmm. something unproven. Uh, that's not a way to run a business. 
Absolutely. Thank you. And you know what? Well, let's say I'm looking at the clock. It's 41 after. We have to stop at 57. I want to see if we can squeeze in Jill Rowley's five pillars, practices, and principles because let's get down to the basics. Jill, ABCs to most people is how do you get something done starting at the very beginning to coin a phrase from the sound of music. Let's start at the very beginning. I won't sing, I promise. So Jill Rowley, pillars, practices, principles. You want to fire off a couple of good ones for our audience, please? Sure, and I'll do it in the order that I think uh, is is most natural and important for sales professionals. So the first pillar we've kind of covered, and it is optimize your social profiles for the buyer, not the recruiter. And you'll notice I don't say the word prospect. I think it's actually a dirty word. Nobody wants to be prospected. Nobody wants to be on your target list. Nobody wants to be hunted or farmed. We need a new language in sales. It's ridiculous. Um, and so it's really optimizing your online presence for demonstrating the value that you can deliver to your buyers, um, not the recruiter bragging about your quota-crushing capabilities. Number two, uh, number two is ABC Always Be Connecting, and not just with the buyer, the buying committee, but thinking about the sphere of influence. Um, for example, so Michael said that he was at the Sales 2.0 event yesterday um, in Philadelphia. Well, I attended that event from San Francisco, and I attended that event via monitoring the event hashtag, um, mm-hmm. hashtag S2OC. And so I was able to uh, listen to what was happening at that event and see who the smarty pants people in the Sales 2.0 world are, who was speaking at that event. Um, whether they were practitioners or whether they were actually thought leaders, and I was able to engage with them. So that whole sphere of influence, who does that buyer already know, like, and trust? Who are the smarty pants people in their ecosystem? And and being connected to those folks, because your social capital increases when you are connected to people with high social capital. Number three, really quickly, content. Content is Mm -hmm. the currency of the modern marketer but it's also the currency of the modern sales professional. And this is to add on to what Michael said. Um, Marketing can actually not only create content, but marketing can curate content that the reps can share. And I say that I teach salespeople how to read what their buyers read and share that content across their social networks. And I I share a lot more OPC, other people's content, than I share Mm -hmm. my company-branded content. So content is the currency of the modern sales professional for, and not because it's the fourth in importance, but because it's harder to get set up, is salespeople need to listen for the social conversation. And that's, that's very similar to what I just mentioned about attending the Sales 2.0 conference via the hashtag. I was listening to the social web, listening where my buyers are and engaging where my buyers are. And then five, just to wrap it up, measure what matters. And if we're just measuring clicks and retweets and favorites, um, social selling will not be funded at the executive level. We have to get to the point where we're measuring the impact that it has on pipeline and revenue, mm-hmm. and that requires investments in um, new people with new skills, requires investments in modifying your existing process, and it requires investment in integrating your current systems with new systems that are designed around capturing social selling activity and results. Thank you, Jill. Phil and Michael, any thoughts on what Jill shared? You agree, disagree, you want to add, subtract? Uh, go ahead, Michael first. 
Oh, I totally agree. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, where to start? Uh, I, I, I think it's all spot on. I think the one thing that I would would amplify is the value of content and insights. I just think that is so critical. Um, whether it's your own content or your own company's content, other people's content, it's all it's all good. It really content and insights are the currency of the social web. Um, and they are the way that a rep gets in front of their buyer. Notice I don't say prospect, their buyer, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and establishes themselves as somebody worth uh, listening to and paying attention to. Wow. Phil Lurie, thoughts? I, I absolutely agree. I would add uh, or emphasize the analytics portion of it. I think it's really important because we're trying to engineer change. We're changing the way we sell. We're tra- uh, changing the way we market, and I think you need to measure along the way how you do it and uh, developing the right metrics, uh, something that's realistic, and, and identifying what you're doing that's working, and then identifying what you're doing, more importantly, what's not working, and modifying your behavior based on that. So measuring along the way is critical and something that I think is kind of weak in the marketplace right now that we're all working to try to improve. So uh, analytics uh, will help us uh, do a better job of it. And uh, managing change, always a difficult prospect. Uh, and uh, that's exciting times. We're, we're living in, in great moments. Very exciting times and demanding times. And I have a question for the whole panel. And, Phil, I'm going to get to one of your notes that we didn't cover. I believe we didn't cover yet. But uh, let me start with Jill on this one. When are people supposed to find the time to do all of this network and this socializing and looking for people's deep networks and contact points and who's worthwhile for them to connect with the ABCs, always be connecting. Jill, is this something you do after hours? You, I, I know many of us work 18 to 20 hours a day, at least I am right now. When are you supposed to find time to do this thoughtfully and well and carefully and, and with their, your goals in mind, just, oh, I've got 10 minutes, i got to go out and connect with 12 people on LinkedIn. How do you, how do you fit it in? to your day? Is it part of the work experience at work while you're being paid, quote unquote, or should it do something people do on their own time if we have any own time? Jill, thoughts, and then I want to hear Michael and Phil. Jill? Yeah, no, I think it, I think it has to be embedded into your daily routines, habits, methodologies, systems, processes, and, and, and that requires, um, one, a mindset shift of social isn't for uh, social sake for popularity, for sharing what you had for lunch um, on Twitter. It is about building relationships. And I, I, I define social selling as using social networks to do research, to be relevant, to build relationships that drive revenue, customer lifetime value, and advocacy. And so when I went to that dinner last night and there are 20-plus people who are going to be in the room – you know, for me to take 20 minutes to do the research so that I mm-hmm. could determine who was most important for me to have a conversation with based on the value I could help them, the value I could provide for them, um, you know, not selfishly looking at it, what's in it for me, but looking at who could I actually help the most because they're the ideal customer profile for what the services that I offer. So taking that 20 minutes to, you know, vet through who in that room I did the research so that I could be more relevant, so that I could build better relationships that would ultimately drive, you know, long-term value. And, and we have to play the long game 
and and we're so used to playing in sales the short game because we are on um, quarterly or monthly numbers. We are under enormous pressure. And so as a sales professional, you, you have to have this perspective of, yes, I need to make my short-term targets, my numbers, my goals, but I have to be playing the long game because trust, and 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 value are things that um, you have to have. They have to be cornerstones of 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 what you do. So I, I it is hard. I will not you know tell you mm-hmm. that it's easy because it's mindset, it's new skills, and those have to be taught via training. If if you're going to do social selling as an organization, don't go out and buy LinkedIn Sales Navigator without having a plan around mm-hmm. how are you going to. Um, develop these new skills in your sales team? How are you going to create um, learning behavior that actually sticks, that it becomes embedded? So so there's a whole lot to it, but um, I'll, I'll let the other panel members have, have some weigh in on it as well. Michael, thoughts on this briefly? Jill is, Jill is spot on. You know, my grandfather was a stockbroker, and I, I still remember the day a computer showed up on his desk. And uh, it just sat there for years. And I would ask him, like, why don't you use the computer? And he would say, I don't have time to learn how. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a little bit like that. Like, it has to, you have to take the time to learn how to do it. But then once you do it, it has to become integrated into your, into your everyday process. So the time to use social networks is any time you're doing work, whether it's early in the morning, late at night, middle of the day, whenever. It needs to be part of, the day, part of your daily workflow. If it's something separate, something that's outside of what you see as your core job, then you will surely fail. Okay. You'll succeed when it becomes mm-hmm. part of your prospecting, part of your client outreach process. Part of the process embedded, is, as Jill said. My, uh, Phil Lurie, I want to get you in on this. Thoughts? So, Michael, maybe I was the guy to put the computer on your uh, grandfather's head. <laughs> been around a while. Touche. Uh, it, 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 this is the old issue about how do you uh, facilitate change. And the, the, the key thing is you have to look at what you do in the course of a day. And uh, we are buying Sales Navigator at SAP and, and trying to get people to change. So I've considered this uh, quite, quite extensively. Um, the, you have to look what you're doing during your day and think of the things that can go, the things that are least efficient, things that are wasting mm-hmm. your time, and you have to eliminate some of those, and then you replace it with something that's good. You also have to realize that, uh, like uh, Michael's grandfather, that uh, the time to learn how to use the new tool is probably, probably going to be an investment, uh, that it's going to be a little bit more painful for the first couple of weeks, but after that it's becoming more, will become more efficient, and you know, it will be five minutes a day instead of 20 minutes a day. And the first time you tweet, it's pretty pretty painful for most people. And uh, scary. That's, that's the skill. That's the skill set we're trying to get uh, to a large number of people. We want them to uh, think about what they do holistically, identify mm-hmm. where there's some opportunity to be more efficient. Understanding that this is going to take you a little bit of time to learn. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to use that computer. Now you have to learn you know, how to use Twitter or Facebook or, or LinkedIn. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to take you a little bit, but once you get there, it's going to make your day much more efficient, and you'll find that you're more effective. So uh, it's like taking training class or getting your desk organized in the morning. You've got to do those things. And we recommend that people do a pattern. Uh, you know, if you do a first thing in the morning or Sunday night or something like that and schedule what you're going to say over the course Great. of the next week. We try to provide tools, as Michael and, and uh, Jill both pointed out, to help you find good content. 
to make that job less onerous. So we've got some things to help people do that, and that's that's what we're looking for in the marketplace. Uh, but it, it is a matter of changing your style. But that's what we're saying. You know, I mean, if our customers are changing the way they buy, then we have to change the way that we're trying to reach them and, and sell to them. And that's really what we are trying to do. Whatever we call it, there are there are there are people who uh, need us, and we're trying to meet that need. So uh, how do we identify what those needs are and address those needs in the proper manner? Uh, that's the basics of uh, what we were always trying to do in selling. And here we are, you know, using new, new techniques. It's got to be smooth. And uh, it's a transi- transition. And as, as we said before, it's exciting. Uh, but, uh, and there'll be bumps along the road. Phil, very well put, and and we have to slide very quickly into our predictions round, but I have a note for all three of you. Talk about grandparents and computers. My mom just turned 98 a few weeks ago, and she went through a couple of Macs and a couple PCs. We've got her back on a, I just bought her a brand new touchscreen, a big PC, and she not only does email and internet lookups, but she's a fan of online gaming, and she is now playing Klondike Solitaire a couple of times a day in between reading novels at 98, still driving and living alone. What can I say? It's in the jeans, kids. Okay, talking about jeans. Michael Idenopoulos, it's time for you to give me 45 seconds of predictions. Don't predict what my mother's going to be playing online next week. I'll take care of that. So, Michael, what do you see? Can you see clearly to the year 2020 or how far out? Now we're down to uh, 45 seconds. Go ahead, Michael. All right, I'll go with the year 2020. I'll make two predictions. Number one, there will be at least three professional social networks uh, that ah. are vying for people's attention. So I don't think LinkedIn has a monopoly. And prediction number two, salespeople will spend more time on those networks than they spend on email. Oh, interesting. We might have to do a part two. If Jeannie Trin doesn't invite the three of you back, I'm going to poach you for Coffee Break with Game Changers. Jeannie, you heard it live. Okay, let's turn to Jill Rowley. Predictions, I can give you 45 seconds. Go. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, we will be on the path to transforming selling uh, to serving and helping our buyers and really think about it through the eyes of the customer and uh, going back to Zig Ziglar, people who serve more, quote, sell more, and you will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And uh, prediction number two, I think uh, business will become more human. And the reality is that we're bringing more personal into the professional because we are bringing our mobile devices, we're bringing our social networks, we're building our personal brands. And uh, we all want to uh, connect authentically, and we don't connect with logos and corporate statements. We connect with people who are human. And so we'll serve and help more, and we will be more human. Thank you, Jill Rowley. Phil Lurie, I say 45 seconds exactly for you. Go. First prediction, I think LinkedIn's uh, in-mail messages, which now get a little bit of uh, more attention than other emails or other mail, will probably not have the panache and, and style anymore. So it's probably got about another year before people stop really paying much more attention to it. You'll start getting spam there. Uh, the second thing I think is that uh, the marketplace for all these social selling tools is going to explode for the next year or two, and then you're going to see that settling out, and you'll you'll have a couple of industry leaders. Uh, so we're in for a, an internet bubble, as it were, in social selling media and tools. And the, the, it's like a whack-a-mole right now when you're trying to evaluate them. And I think that will uh, settle down within about three or four years. 
Thank you to my three very well-spoken, very gracious and generous panelists. Michael Idenopoulos, such a pleasure to meet you. Jill Rowley, always great to speak with you. Phil Lurie at SAP, nice to meet you as well. Shout out to Jeannie Trin, who sponsors this series. Jeannie, keep it up. This was a great topic and an extraordinary panel. So let's keep this going. Let's see now. Tomorrow is Thursday. Well, I'll be back here with Future of Business with Game Changers at 10 a.m. Eastern. This is a five-show week. No, I'm sorry. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Coffee break with Game Changers. In the afternoon, the Customer Edge with Game Changers and Thursday morning future business. Five shows this week. Even I get confused with all my children. And we are trucking. We are renewing four series and adding back the series Financial Excellence with Game Changers starting on April 20th. And we're adding a brand new series at the end of April called Meet the Visionary Game Changers. So we'll be up to 15 different series. Woohoo! I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to Michael and the Business Channel team for getting us on the air and keeping us going. And here's my shout out and my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I already did twice. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.